Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in North South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats, and cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to come feel at home anytime you visit. <clears throat> so make sure you stop by Monday, Thursday, or Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and cooked from the heart, and she would love to see you sometime. So thank you again, Miss Charlene, for being the sponsor of the Cross the Line podcast. And let's get the interview started. So today, we have a special guest. He's back again, and we finally, finally got the project. We've been waiting on it for a long time, man. Uh, he just released it. Dizzle season two, and he's here with me right now, Mr. Troop Dizzle. What's going on, man? I'm good, man. Finally, it finally came out. So my first question automatically is, what took this project so long to come out? Oh, well, um, this is like the third version of this project. Uh, yeah. So I recorded, um, I, I, I released six songs. I probably recorded 20 all together, right. maybe more. But um, the first time I recorded it, Something happened with the engineer, and I went to the studio one day, and he just wasn't there, so I never got any other songs. Right. Uh, the second time I recorded it, well, the second time I started recording it, I recorded probably like five to six records, and then I was like, I didn't like the way it was going. Uh, so basically, out of all the, all the songs that came out, probably one song was actually, the actual Dizzle Season song was the only one that was supposed to be on the project. Right. All the rest of them was just kind of like I I put them on there because it was kind of like that's that was the feeling that's where it was going. So I was going with wherever the energy was going. But you know it it took a while, but I feel like this is probably the best project that I had today. So right. Because I remember we was talking about earlier this year. Oh yeah. And then it came on later in the summertime. <laughs> I was like, man, come on, when when the project coming out, man? Yeah, man. I, I, at first I had said April. Like I recorded Lisby for real in March. Yeah. And I remember when I had it, I was like, man, I'm about to put it out before the summer because it felt like summertime. So I was like, I want right. to put it out during the summer. I want to have the women, you know, rocking with it. But that wasn't God's plan. So, you know, like it didn't happen at that time. But I feel like the time that it did happen was the, the time that it was supposed to. So. so when it finally came out, were you really ready for it this time? Or was it just like kind of like strategic because you had the limestone performance? Or were you like actually ready for it? I'm going to tell you, man, like... The Limestone performance and everything, like it was like the it was like my birthday, Limestone, and then the album came out. So I was like, I wanted it to be a good week. So I was like, right after the Limestone performance that night at twelve o'clock, the project came out. Right. So if it was any you know students that were there that were listening, they were like, man, I want to hear some new stuff, and then you know they could be listening at eleven fifty nine, listen to something old, and then boom, something new pop up. Right. So you know, I just wanted to I wanted to capitalize off of that and just you know stay in people's faces and be consistent. Yeah, I think it was a smart thing to do anyway. Like you say, with the performance, and I had to make sure I was there, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, it was, it's so many performances that you did, and I always see you posting stuff like, even in Greenville, Atlanta, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, man, every time you you perform, I'm like, I can't make it. I oh, got yeah, something yeah. going on. So I was like, man, this Thursday, I was like, man, I'm gonna definitely make sure, like. I got time to go out and support you, man. I, I feel like that, that was the people. That was the best show I ever had, too, man. It was, it was the energy was crazy. It was crazy. And the energy was real crazy yeah. because I was feeding off of their energy and I was looking in the crowd and I would see them moving and getting yeah. you know a little louder. And I'm like, okay, 
Yeah. No, I mean, so. And I, I heard them talking. They was like, man, I actually like these songs, man. They, yeah. they definitely, they feeling that, uh, let's be for real, yeah, right yeah, there, yeah. too, man. Yeah. But it, being there, man, it actually kind of made me feel old in a sense, man. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what was so crazy, though. Like, when uh, the teams were coming out, they were playing all these songs, and then somebody came out, the Boosie said it all. Yeah. And I was like, these kids yeah. know the words. And like, yeah. that came out when we was in school. Yeah, so I'm like, man. dang, man, these kids know the word. This is word for word. <laughs> it was a vibe. And around our time, I was like, man, that's that's crazy, man. I was like, man, these little kids. They were still swag surfing. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah know, they was playing that. You know, it was different. So. I was like, dang, man, they came out around our time. But I, um, how did that actual um performance come about anyway with Lime, at Limestone? Um, okay, so first off, shout out to my boy Drew Owens. Um, Drew... He, I'm not gonna say, I'm gonna say this Drew behind the scenes. We talk day and night, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, like, Drew, I mean, he still makes music, he still writes. Um, but we used to be together in Noise Records, and this was probably when I was like 18 or 19. But Noise kind of like molded me, so it was kind of like a lot of times, even with Dave and TJ. And it, I mean, I don't talk to design, but uh, but most of the guys that I talk to. They tell me certain things to do. They're like, hey man, you're doing this, but you might be able to do this and, and capitalize off of it. Right. So with Drew, uh, the lady that's over the chilling squad, he knew her. And I think he sent her Let's Be For Real. And she was like, I love that song. That might be yeah. one of my favorite songs. So she reached out to me and was like, hey, I don't know how much you, you charge or what you want to do, but I really like she was like, we're starting Saints Madness, which is kind of like Midnight Madness for them. Yeah. You know, so she was like, we kind of want to have this thing to where it's an every year thing to where, you know, our people come out and show and, you know, see it. <clears throat> so it was good that I was the first performer and the only yeah. performer that they had. So it was a good vibe, man. How did it make you feel for um your family to be there? And that was that was different because I mean you saw my son. My son, he he he's yeah. three. He knows that I made music, but he's never seen me perform. Right. So when I was performing, I remember I walked up to him and I hit his head, and yeah. he he was looking at me like he didn't he didn't know who I was, yeah. you know. But my daughter, she was more so like you know I like I like I like it, but why didn't you perform work? You know, like yeah. she would ask me why why you didn't do this or why yeah. you didn't do that. But she's nine, well, she was about to be nine, so it's like certain things. She's realizing and she's asking me questions about so you know it goes a long way with that. But man, it was a good feeling, man. Like to see my grandma, like and that was dope. Yeah, man. man like no pressure. Yeah. Like the first bar, I'm saying, you know, catch me at my grandma crib. No, I got to get a plate. So you know, yeah. for for her to be there and for her to even be feeding off of that energy, it was different. Yeah, I I appreciate that, man. I was like, that was that was dope. The whole environment, your family out there. Oh yeah. Um, one of the songs on. Um, Two times, it's really one of my favorite records off the um, project. He said you had a line in there about the family saying, "Never got a." We're talking about your own. He said, "Never got alone, but you know I'm the one. I'm her baby." Yeah. What was that like relationship like? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like with that, um, man. To be honest, anybody that knows my mom and I, they know that like we two peas in a pod. Like we never, we never got along. You know what I mean? But it's. It's to the point where it's like now you get older, and I'm not gonna say we we get along better, but I mean the respect always been there. But I know I'm getting older. I know she getting older, so I know it is what it is. You know what right. I mean? But it's like you know, like as I grew up, even with me wanting to do music, I remember telling her like when I was in college, I was like, man, I want to do I want to do music. And I remember I was mm-hmm. talking to my guys, kind of all these people. I was like, man, I want to do music, but nobody wanted to hear me. And I remember I got so frustrated and I was like, why nobody want to hear me? Why nobody want to respect it? But you know, like with my mom, like even 
now, like, we, we get along better, but it was times when I was growing up, man, where it was like, we never got along. Or it was like, yo, I want to make music so I can get away from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that was that was my goal at times, but now I want to make music to provide for, man, her and my kids, you know, right. my kids' kids, you know what I mean? But, you know, the relationship has gotten better, but I just had to be honest in the music, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? You feel like this performance kind of helped yeah, relationship for sure. Because before this performance, okay, it's, it's 2019. Before this performance, my mom hasn't seen me perform since 2011. Like, mm. to, to be there. Right. You know what I mean? So, and I don't feel like in 2011 or 2010, I don't feel like I was that good. Like, I know I I, I might have been rapping still back then, and I might have been saying, you know, like, I feel like I'm the best, blah, 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 but I was nowhere near, like, mentally where I am right now. So, I feel mm-hmm. like now if she sees me, like, and sometimes when we talk, it's more so of, I'm talking to her as a businessman instead of a rapper. Like, I'm not talking to her like, yo, this is my dream. It's like, yo, this is my business and this is what I'm about to do. Right. You know what I, I mean? feel like that can be kind of tough because you you all, of course, we all have our own dreams and aspirations. And mm-hmm. of course, our parents always want the best for us. But at the same time, they don't have our same vision. They don't, they don't, of course, they want us to be successful, but we want to go after what we want to go after. Like, mm-hmm. So it's just kind of put us in a tough situation. But of course, you always want to take their advice and listen to what they say. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you got to make your own decisions and do and follow what you're really passionate about. True. I feel like without, I mean, like with with my mom, um, even my dad, man, I don't, I don't think that they, I don't think that they can see how far I can take it, or I, I don't, they, they can't because they're not me. But I don't think anybody can see what I want to do and where, where I want to take it. Like I want to create jobs. It ain't about me being a rapper. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it is about me being a rapper because I love music, but it's like, hey, we can create jobs. You know, yeah. like, I, okay, I create a job. I'm an artist. Now I need security. Holler at my dog. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Holler, make my dog make a security business. Now exactly. he got people that he that work for him. Now they exactly. work for other people. You know what I mean? Just it's about creating opportunities, man. Yeah, man. You know, just create opportunities and just be better at it. So, you know, but I, I feel like a lot of times it's just more so, I want to be a rapper and they don't know what's the next move. Exactly. So. How do you feel that you changed since uh, the actual first Disney project? A lot. Um, I feel like I grew. Uh, I grew as a man more so, but I feel like I. Um, I feel like in the first Disney season, if you listen to it, um, I mean, I was I was a family guy. I love rapping, but I don't feel like in the first Disney season, I don't feel like I actually. I don't feel like anybody knew me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like in that project, it was more so about bars. And more so about songs, but I feel like in this project you could get a feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get a feel for me how I am as a person. Like, uh, like even in Big, where I say, uh, tough yeah, too. I was, I was it on the second verse where I was like, I be like, then I gotta feed my babies and, and plus their babies and five hundred k and enough to sway me. Cause I like, you know, I've been studying the music business, and a lot of times five hundred thousand is good, is good for an advance, mm-hmm. but that ain't enough for me. That ain't enough for what I'm trying no. to do. You know, so if they give you five hundred thousand, worth five million. Exactly. So, and then the thing is, man, like you know more about the business, but I, I pay attention to a lot of interviews, man. Like I don't watch a lot of TV. I, I pay attention to like interviews and studies and crap. I'm, I was watching uh, Cam Cameron on uh, Rap Radar yesterday, and he was saying somebody was telling him not to sign over his masters and all his publishing yeah. rights. They was like they gave him a hundred thousand up front. He's like, man, you crazy? Like I'm getting this money, so I can go get this bins right now. 
And he said when he looked back on it, he was like, dang, man, I wish I would have did it. Now, he said he ended up getting his, his uh, publishing all that back, but he was like, in the beginning, he was just thinking about the money and just right then and there and getting that bench. He's like, I can't go back to the block without the newest bins. So that's what he was kind of like doing it for in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But it's like more so, man, you got to understand the business, like, like you're saying. There's a lot of artists like that, though, man. It's, it's so many people. And prime example, man, I remember the first video I did, right? And one of my homies, I don't know if you're watching, man, but I remember he uh he wrote me, he messaged me and was like, hey, man, that video is dope, but you need a chain on. Like, he was like, you need to look like a rapper. You know what I mean? But that was that was that was how he was viewing it. But to me, I'm like, man, that's not why I do it. I don't right. really, I don't even want to view music like that or even talk about music like that to where it's just it's shallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? To where it's like, nah, man, like you don't have to have a chain to be around. No, man, man. You don't, you don't. But I feel like I feel like the main thing that people miss, man, is a, a rapper is a businessman. Like when Jay-Z said, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business yeah. man. Like, like seriously, man, like you gotta understand it. Um, and most of the artists that look at themselves as a business, they end up being here longer than, than everybody else. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's all about what well, we talk about branding, man. It's all about branding yeah. and, and getting yourself out there. And that's one of the reasons I actually um do do these interviews too. Cause I remember at first, like I was we was just gonna talk about sports and it was just gonna be about entrepreneurship. And then uh you were actually the first music interview that I did, but at the time um I remember you and Pete hit me up. And I was like, man, I really don't want to do a lot of music interviews. And then I had a friend tell me, she was like, uh, she said, you know, you, she said, she was checking me. She was like, you wrong for that. I was like, what you mean? She said, uh, she remember, she was like, remember when you were trying to get on and you were trying to do interviews? Like, why would you try to shut them out? I was like, you know what? You're right. Because at the same time, who says that? Artists are not entrepreneurs. Nah, yeah. y'all, are, y'all are entrepreneurs. Yeah, well. like you got to brain, you got to push yourself and, and create your own too. So nice. I was like, you know what? That's 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 right because I was like, dang man, I was just being shallow minded, and I was like, I ain't, I was gonna put myself in the box and not even do these interviews. But now I'm to a point where I actually like doing these interviews yeah. because now I'm I'm soaking up game and I'm learning more about business and, and I pay attention to a lot of these. Well, I, I watch a lot of interviews anyway, but yeah. especially like I try to learn about like. Um, the business as far as music because you can still take some of that and tie it into anything you're doing anyway, business related. Yeah. So I, I was like, definitely, man, I appreciate what y'all are doing, like as far as like the entrepreneurship and uh creating your own opportunity being business savvy like y'all are. Yeah, man. Like, man, as far as like rappers being entrepreneurs, now I don't think a lot of people pay attention to it because if you're a rapper, you always have to be on and off. Like somebody can walk up to you, like say somebody walk up to you right now and they like, hey Lowe's like uh, when, when can we do an interview? Or, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Like, you know, they'll talk to you about that. Somebody might walk up to me and be like, hey, bro, I'm a better rapper than you rap right now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's like sometimes I don't want to do that sometimes. But I mean, a lot of times it happens and you got to turn it on and off because, you yeah. know, or, or it's like you got to you got to build yourself up because that may happen in the future where somebody might be like, hey, man, I rock with your music. You know, I, I like what you're doing. Um, but can you can you rap with me right now or whatever? You know right. what I mean? Or like you always building your brand, so you don't want to always be a rapper that's walking around and you're not business oriented. Or every time somebody see you, you're not sober because right. they they pay attention to that. Now they like, oh, you just this type of they put you in a box. Exactly. And then they don't want to give you any money. Yeah. Because you're a liability. It don't. And that's like one thing about it, man. I feel like, of course, y'all see. People say rapper, but I, I try not to say rapper. I like to say artist because oh, yeah, y'all yeah. are artists. Because yeah. like you say rapper, it, it, it puts, puts you in, in that box. box. Yeah, and that's all they think. Like that's all you can do yeah. is rap. You don't like you don't uh, look out, think outside that box. That's 
all you want to do, but y'all are just like more than artists. Yeah. I mean, more than rappers at the same time. Yeah. Let me ask you about, so go back to your project real quick. Do you feel like when you push the project back, did it kind of help your streams or hurt hurt your streams? Um, now I feel like it helped it. If you if you would have asked me that two months ago, I would have been like, man, it hurt me. Um, but I feel like what I learned. Okay, man, this is what I learned. Whenever you whenever you get ready to, to release a project. And if you if you got if you have Spotify and uh, Spotify has an app called Spotify for Artists. If you're an artist, you can go on Spotify for Artists. Say my song is coming out three weeks from now. I submit it to playlists right now. Mm-hmm. Now it's showing up in your in your Spotify as unreleased music. You might get a snippet of it. I didn't know that beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I didn't know that you could run certain ads on Spotify. Because I've been, I've been like focusing on Spotify and SoundCloud and other applications, but I've been like directly like locked in on it because I'm like, man, if I can lock in on this and figure out how the artists, how certain artists are doing certain things with these applications and making their streams bigger, then I can do the same thing. So like right now, um, let's be for real, it's probably like the biggest single that I've ever had and it doesn't have a video. And I was thinking at first, I was like, you got to put out a video first. Or you got to put out the video the same time as a single. Sometimes if you put out the video way later, it may hurt it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if you got a certain record and it's like it's big and it grows legs on its own, and you know you can go with it. Like we never saw a video for Lovers and Friends by Lil Jon and Usher. But it was a hit. It was a hit. We knew it was a hit. Michael Jackson never had a video for Butterflies and it was a hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like certain things. It's like certain songs. It's like not saying I'm gonna ever do a video for it, but it's like man, you just gotta know how to work a record. Really I think it depends. Uh, like for new artists, I would say it might help. It would probably help to do visuals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, I think when I, when I think about visuals now, like a lot of people, we don't really watch videos like we used to. But the person I started paying attention to with videos for me was the baby. Like last oh, yeah, year yeah, before yeah. he like really took out when Blank Blank came out, mm-hmm. I didn't really know who he was. But like one of his videos, he had one of his records. I think I want to say it was our Baby Talk Five. Mm-hmm. It was just like catchy. Mm-hmm. And so then I started paying attention to his videos. Next thing you know, I started listening to his music. And yeah. the baby was hard. Yeah. But like his videos, man, all his videos oh, are entertaining, though, man. Yeah. It, it, he has stuff in it that grabs your attention. So I definitely think like visuals. He reminds me of like Buster Rhymes. Like when I was young, like Buster Rhymes videos used to come on. And I was like, man, I had to lock in. Because, you know, Buster Rhymes just come in. He had like the big arms. Yeah. He big, you know, he looked crazy. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, you know, so. I pay attention to that too. So yeah, man, the visuals definitely are are important. And it's so, crazy to see how he took off though, man. Like the baby is Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, man, it's from where he was I remember last year, it was one point in time when I just I mean Instagram is just like a small portion of anything, but but I remember he had when I seen him, he probably had maybe like a couple hundred thousand followers. Mm-hmm. Now he's over like six and a half yeah. million. Yeah. And I was like, this dude was steady grinding. And I'm gonna tell you what else I paid attention to. He's starting to do some things. I think this helped any artist. Like I watched him when he went to sit with Gary B. Mm-hmm. And Gary V was telling him, man, make sure you kind of like interact with your audience. So yeah. he he started doing things. I was watching on Instagram where like he'll pull up to a city, mm-hmm. but he'll do like give away maybe like 30 tickets. That way you can do like a meet and greet, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So your audience, like your fans, they appreciate that kind yeah. of stuff. When they can go in and give you a little take picture. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he he was listening to taking that advice with Gary V. Now I see him like when he's going to different cities, 
now he's actually doing this kind of stuff, interacting with the fans. Of course, he always jumped in the stand in the fan yeah. and the audience when like we're doing shows, but like we pull up to the cities, like he might do like a little private meet and greet mm-hmm. and stuff like that, just more interaction with your fan base. Yeah. So I think that's something else big too. And with, with um and with him, he he took off well, he started using Triller. And Triller is an app that a lot of I artists, seen those, yeah. Yeah, a a lot of artists don't, you know, he'll get on Triller, he'll dance. You know, he'll have fun and everything, but he really turned Triller up. And it's like with him, he's all he always has content. Always. Yeah. Always. So it's like that's what that's what it's about. And man. yep, and his team, they always follow him around. Like that. And it's like uh I think they were saying something about like people just like to be entertained, man. They just like to see what you got going yeah, on. Man. So like anywhere he's going, like a photo shoot, he go to the grocery store, yeah. he always got somebody with a camera just yeah, recording. Yeah. Every single thing that he's doing, so he's giving the People what they want to see, just yeah. like that kind of interaction and making them feel like man, he's like like one of us and stuff. Like I was that. just about to say that man, yeah. he makes them feel like they're a part of, it, or he makes them feel like like they're one of one of you know one of his people. Because a lot of times, man, like I watch him a lot, bro, and like mm-hmm. he'll go in a gas station and you know, warm up some noodles and like eat noodles and just be yeah. talking to people. You know what I mean? So it's like he he's smart about how he's marketing, man. And I've yeah. been I've been learning a lot from the way he's been doing. Also. Yeah, it's it's super smart. Oh, yeah. Do you um? I'm gonna ask you back to your project again. Um, about the EP. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like putting out a record before your EP drops kind of helps? And I'm I break it down like this because I I watched something else um with Joe Budden podcast and Maul made a point on that and, and I agree with. He was like he was talking about Ross rec, um album and he was saying how Ross mm-hmm. like put out big time in the record with Wale at the Food before the project came out. So he was like, now when the project comes out and the record with Drake, like now, now yeah, you skipping those songs. Yeah. You feel like when you do, of course, I, I like oh, listen yeah. to it. Yeah. But like, it's like when you hear them ahead of time, it's like, man, I already heard the song. Let me yeah. skip to the next. Do you feel like that? For sure. Um, now, now that that does hurt. Um, so like 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 what you said, big time and the song that he had with Drake. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's certain records where it's like if you got the project and that record was on there and you never heard it, oh my god, you'd be like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, with me, one thing that I learned um, is that uh, I had to learn it. It's like, okay, yeah, it's gonna hurt, but also at the same time, and this is goes back to the business side of it. At the same time, they may skip what you know you listening to your project or whatever when it comes out but mm-hmm. every stream that you got beforehand because it has that upc code or because it, it they know it's your voice and they know it's your song it doesn't matter if you sold fifteen thousand units on a song when that album comes out those fifteen thousand will be counted toward the album mm-hmm. you know so that's, yeah so that's that's why somebody like tiger Tiger may put out four to five double platinum songs, and the week of the, the the record comes out, and now his album is gold already. And people are like, bro, there's no way we buying Tiger record. You know, right. no disrespect to Tiger, but it's like Tiger selling five hundred thousand in this day and age is is right. Yeah. It's right because it's like it's like he's doing the right business out of it. No matter if we heard a song or not, like you may skip it, but you didn't skip it those fifteen thousand other times exactly. that the song plays so, or fifteen million, whatever, you know. Yeah. Cause like I said, I, I listen to it, but it's like it kind of takes away some of that. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Something it takes something away from because like man, I already heard this record. For sure. So but I was like, should you should you still put out at least one record from it, mm-hmm. and then like maybe just put out other songs that's not actually on it on your project? Okay, so that's that's something that I did. Okay, so. 
you uh, and you know, like like we talked about it. This is season two was supposed to come out a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So it's certain records like Raw, Believe, Two Times came out. Two Times was actually supposed to be the intro to the actual album. And before I even got before and denial was not supposed to be on the album. That's a hard song. So that's like that's like that's like four records right here that was associated with the project that weren't even supposed to be on it. You know what I mean? But I called them Lucy's and then I had a song called um I think it was called Ignorant, where I got on that ignorant uh beat by Jay Z. But it was just excuse me, it was just kinda like like a mixtape kind of record, you know what I mean? But those are what I call fillers. So I did try to put some of those out, but I feel like records like No Pressure and Let's Be For Real, like I sat on those Let's Be For Real for five months. I didn't even want to put it out because I was singing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, I didn't want somebody to be like, oh, here you go trying to be Drake. Yeah. But and then it got to a point where I was like, bro, I don't care if you think I'm trying to be Drake because I'm, I'm trying to be I got to be honest. The first time, like when I heard, when you dropped the clip for it earlier this year, yeah. at first I was like, I don't know about this record. Yeah. Cause I it, I just heard like a little piece of it, and yeah. I was just I guess I was just so used to you just rapping right, or whatever. Yeah. So then like once I started listening to it more and more, I was like I get it, man. You're stepping out the box, yeah. and that is is catchy. I like the record now, but at first I was like, man, I don't know. Yeah. But now it's something <laughs> different, man. It, yeah, it's a, sure. it's a dope tune now, man. I I, re- I really like that. What um what made you leave off when you sent me the um the project? You left off one record called. Oh, yeah, and what what made you leave that off of? Um, that that's that song is tough too. Uh, it's, it's coming. Tough. It's coming. Yeah. You know, but uh, oh uh, man. Okay, so this is what Drew and I had talked about. So this is season two is supposed to be like part one. So I was planning on putting out this is season three like real soon. Like I'm talking yeah. like in like the next two two to three months. But I don't want to rush it. So right. like, ain't it is gonna come out? But um, ain't it was supposed to, was supposed to end the whole project. Like the project was supposed to be two times. Uh, big, uh, no pressure. Let's be for real. Denial, and then ain't it? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so business season wasn't gonna be on it. Business season was gonna start the next project. Um, but I was like, I can't leave that off. And ain't it was just so hard, and it felt like it was supposed to end the album. Yeah, I said this. This is good. This could close it out. Yeah, I mean, like a perfect yeah, close yeah. Out. But I mean, it's coming. You know what I mean? But yeah, a lot of people. I sent them ain't it. A while ago, and they're like, "Bro, you tripping?" Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's records like that. That to me, man, I sat with this project so long, and for me to actually have the six songs that I put out, it was hard because it was like those aren't even the songs that I wanted to put out. Like, I right. sat with them so long, I was like, I don't even want to put "Let's Be For Real" on the project. Yeah. Like, I was like, "Let's Be For Real" need to be like a standalone, or no person need to be a standalone. You know what I mean? But it, but the way I put it together, I was like, if I was an A and R, if I was in control of my label or control of my project, like I am, then what would I do? So you know. It's kind of like Speaking of A and Rs, you you go to a lot of these classes in Atlanta. Like, what what do you take away from these classes when you go sit with A and R? Man, a lot of a lot of knowledge. First off, when I go there, man, the classes cost twenty five bucks. So it's like you know the classes are at ten o'clock in the morning, and a lot of times when I go there. Um, the the people that's over the class will say only the hustlers get up at this time. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like I'm actually getting up. And even on big, well, I say, you know, I'm good with the anthems. I wake up at seven, eight, five to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like I real life had woke up at seven and drove eight and five to Atlanta for a class that day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was like I was I always used I use those classes to learn more, but 
They teach you about marketing. They teach you about certain things that we we won't learn around here because nobody knows, mm-hmm. or, or or somebody will know, but they don't want to. They don't want to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? They may have their own level of situation going on. They're like, well, I'll really give my people all the game, and if you want to be on this level, cool. But it's five people in front of you, so you gotta watch your turns. You know what I mean? So like yeah. me, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'd rather take advantage of me being and like I don't have a label, nothing. So it's like me being independent, I'm buying all of my beats. I'm buying, I'm doing all of this stuff. So it's like go invest in that time, go and invest in the classes. I don't have anybody else to send to Atlanta to go do it. Right. So I go do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then I go and I meet these people. And then in patchwork, man, um, it's inspiring to me because I walk in. And you walking down the hallway and you seeing stank on your plaques on the wall, uh, or you seeing the love below and by outcast, you know, and this record sold 10 million records. Where can you go in South Carolina right now that you can see a plaque with 10 million songs? No worries. You know what I mean? So it's like no it's it's like it's like to go places and to be in the presence, to, to feel that energy, and for them to give you game for two hours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For $25. You can't beat like, it. You can't beat it. If you could share one piece of advice from those classes with artists around this area, what, what kind of advice would you give them from, from what you've been um, Build your buzz. One thing, uh, I went to a class with Wendy Day, man. Wendy Day is over the Rap Coalition. And the Rap Coalition was like this, uh, it was a pro- not even a project, but it was a, a, a group that she started back in the 90s. And she basically held artists for free. Like she wasn't getting any money at first. Mm-hmm. But what she told me, she was like, if you, if you stay right here, and, and this is why a lot of people go wrong because they rely on the internet. If you stay right here, stay say you stay in Greenville, you mark around Greenville two to three two to three hours uh, distance from you to each city. Mm-hmm. You go to each one of these cities and you make yourself a staple. Like it, it doesn't matter if you like. She really she really told me that when you making a campaign, you real life got to be hugging people and kissing babies mm-hmm. because you are an artist. And you trying to sell it. That's why I was saying that's what the baby doing. Like when he go to yeah. cities now, he's doing yeah. like me and Greeks and exactly. meeting all these people. Exactly. So he, he, he taking it in. Yeah, somebody like you said, Gary put them on. So mm-hmm. it's like when somebody puts you on man, or somebody tell you information, a lot of times they won't even open open their mouth to tell you nothing unless they really believe that you can do it. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, like when she told me that, she was like, Okay, you in Greenville, you go ahead Atlanta, you go ahead Asheville. You go ahead Nashville if you got to. You go ahead Charlotte. You go ahead Charleston, Columbia. But you hit all these places and you make them believe. You know what I mean? Like you, you just make them believe that you undeniable. And and then eventually everywhere they go, like somebody from Atlanta come to Greenville, they might stop at a gas station. They like, I see troop everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now it's like you know, it, you, it's. Do you feel like you get more support now, home? Like at home now, it's still kind of like mm-hmm. saying. For you, uh, I'm getting I'm getting more now, man. South Carolina is a weird place because a lot of times when I go other places, and I'm sure other artists they know, but they they tell us that South Carolina is a follower state. You know, it, 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 we like, always slow on music. Yeah, definitely yeah, slow on music. Yeah, so it's like a lot of people tell us. Even <clears> like um, I seen an interview Boosie did. Boosie was like South Carolina, and North Carolina has. So many quote unquote urban, you know they say urban when they mean black, mm-hmm. but uh, urban places that you can go to and get a bag. Like he can go to Spartanburg, Charleston, and Columbia in the same night if he really wanted to, starting at six o'clock p.m. 
And by the time he get to, by the time he get to charge and it's one a.m., they're gonna be mad, but he gonna perform for thirty minutes mm-hmm. and then you going home. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. So it's like it's like so many places here that they can actually come to and get money. Um, you know what I mean. And I feel like with South Carolina, South Carolina is a follow up state. So if they see Atlanta rocking with me, or if they see Charlotte rocking with me, and it's it's crazy, but they're gonna be like, yo, that's the home. But it's always what they say though, like your um the people that you don't know support yeah, you more yeah. than. Yeah. The people at home, that, that's because they, they, they're not looking at you like, um, I know him, so I don't want to support him, yeah. or, or they're not looking at it like he, I'm not even lying about nothing I'm doing, like all my, my flows are authentic, but some people might be like, oh, I rap better than him, so I, or it's like, and one thing I noticed about my hometown is that if somebody supports this person, they won't support this person because now I want this person to blow up before you yeah, be in the same place. We try to do the same. They got the same goal, right. man. Like the, the crab in the bucket <laughs> mentality, man. Crazy. Which, which all, I hate. I hate that, man. Like just because you support one person, doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't support the other person. Right. Like we got to support each other, man. Right. Like, if, I, if I see anybody, I ain't cut you off, man. Oh, you if, I, if I see anybody doing anything good, I support it, bro. Like when I see you doing your podcast, I share it. If I see Crystal doing anything, I share it, man. Right. It, it's not. It's not like I'm just like, man. I, I don't do podcasts, so I ain't supporting it. Like, right. like it don't, that don't make sense. Just like when I seen you and Pete, y'all actually dropped the same day. So I'm. It, it was important plan. to me. And yeah, <laughs> and it, it was important to me because when I seen it, man, I was like, man, I'm gonna post this because I, I listen to both of y'all music. Yeah. So I, I I posted the music that was in my rotation. Of course, I had uh, YB and Corday and, yeah. and Nipsey and all. That was important to me because I was like, man, I appreciate what y'all I, doing, I man, that, man. Putting in putting in the work. I was like, man, so I was like, anytime y'all do something, man, I'm definitely going to try my best to support as much as I can. Shout out to Pete, too. Yeah, man, yeah. That's um, my he, we got him coming up here soon, too, so we definitely going to talk some more. But I want to ask you about radio. What purpose do you feel? Now, I, I worked at a radio station a few years ago. I was just, like, running the board and producing at the time. Mm-hmm. But what purpose do you feel radio serves today? Because to me, I was talking to my man, uh, uh, Brandon Golden, a while back, mm-hmm. and I was telling him, man, I, I really don't know kind of, like, when, for artists, when you make a record, should you make a record for radio now, just for radio play? Of course, you need to get as many fans as you can, but like, mm-hmm. is it important to get radio now? Because it's like, to me, it feels like a dying industry because like now, dinosaur, yeah. yeah, because now it's like, if I want to listen to my favorite artist's music, all I do is pull it up on my phone and it's like direct to consumer instead of trying to get in your car or wherever you listen to the radio and you're waiting to see if they're going to actually play your song. Now, I can, all I gotta do is pull it up on my phone, watch it on YouTube, or anything, and now I'm listening to what I want to listen to instead of like waiting on the radio to play it. That's just true. So like, um, with the radio, the radio is important. I don't want to say that it's not important at all, but like with the, with the radio, it's still no better feeling to actually hear your song. Right? right. You know what I mean? So like, like last week, um, I was on the radio with JJ Solomon. Uh, shout out to him on ninety six point three The Block, and I was. Um, he he put out what well, we premiered, let's be for real, and he played no pressure right afterwards, right? Even mm-hmm. after I did the interview and I went home, man, it felt good to hear that right. because I was like, man, this is a crazy feeling. You know what I mean? Even though I, I've heard my song a million times. But with radio, I feel like radio can also put you in the faces of a lot of other people right. because a lot of other people, like, say, you know, they might be listening to you on the radio and, you know, you can use the Shazam app and, and you can actually hear... Um, you can Shazam it and 
hook song. And with artists, I don't know how many people pay attention to this, but I got I have all the apps. So Shazam, I see when people Shazam me. Mm-hmm. I see when they when they listen. I see what city they're in. You know what I mean? So I, I pay attention to all that. But like with radio, radio can put you in the faces of so many people. You know what I mean? Even if it's just a ride home, they might be like, man, I remember when I got out work and I heard Let's Be For Real for the first time. Right. You know what I mean? So radio always, it still gives you a feeling, but it is kind of a, uh, you know. Because it, it's just so many outlets now. Mm-hmm. Like you got like you got iTunes, or you go to SoundCloud or, or Google Play or wherever you want to listen to music. It's like so many different ways that you can hear the content that you want to hear right. instead of radio. So that's why I'm like, of course, if you can get on radio, get the radio play or whatever. But I'm like, is that the main goal now? Because it's just like, it's so many different ways. And it's just like, radio is like the old way of doing things. To me, uh, to me, it, it's not the goal. I, to me personally, I'm going to tell you what my goal is, man. My goal is to like get in as many phases as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it, if, it, if, it, if the radio helps, cool. But that's not the end game. You right. know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, nah, that's... It's cool, but I it's I don't want to be focused on that. Like me, man, like I told you, I've been focused on Spotify because Spotify shows me so many analytics. Like, prime example, when I performed at, at Longstone the day after, I could see my numbers spike, and I could right. see people in Gaffney would listen, listen to it. You know what I mean? So it was like it was dope to see that with Apple Music for artists, I'm not able to see that. Well, certain other applications for artists are not able to see it. You know what I mean? And if you don't know about these applications, they won't tell you because they don't want you to know. Right. You know what I mean? So You feel like, I wonder if it's just hip-hop or just the music industry, period, where it feels like, like you said, they don't want you to know stuff. And like you were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. artists getting these bad deals. Do you feel like that is it hip-hop or just music industry, period, where it feels like it's just set up to like rip yeah. off artists? To be honest, it's hip-hop. I don't, I don't feel like it's the music industry, period, because, man, this we might get detailed, but to be honest, hip-hop is full of black men. If you got a bunch of black men that has multiple opportunities to be millionaires, but they don't know that they can be 10, they, they don't know that they can be millionaires, or they don't know the business, they, they're looking at it like, man, if I can rap, just like how you said with Cameron, if I can rap and make 100000 for an advance, I made it. But then, like I told you, if they give you a hundred thousand, they'll give you a million. Exactly. So if they say, hey, we'll give you a hundred thousand, that's when you need to be like, what's up with three hundred thousand? And then if they say, okay, we'll do that, keep going. You know what I mean? Keep exactly. keep demanding more money, but but be in control of it. Never never sell your masters, never sell your publishers. Mm-hmm. There is no reason, and this is random, but there's no reason why Art Killer doesn't own I Believe I Can Fly and that man wrote it. I don't care what we think about him, you know, mm-hmm. that's another day. But it's like there's no way that you don't own it. If you own that record, that's crazy. It can change your Classic whole life. Classic record, yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? yeah. You know what I mean? So I watch. I watch, um, I remember it was Remy. She was saying that when she was rapping, she said, pun, big pun to her from the jump. She said, whatever you do, don't sign over your master. Don't, do not do it. Whatever you do, I don't care what you do, sign to whatever. Do not yeah. sign over your publisher and all that stuff because then they got all your right. Yeah, they own you. They own you. And I remember, and I watched Master P as well. Like, I'm telling you, I just watch a lot of these interviews, man. Yeah. And Master P was like, uh, him and his brother, C. Murder, got into it at the time because. He said he was, they had a meeting to do a record deal, and he said uh, they were trying to get him maybe like a million dollars mm-hmm. for a deal. And he said, I'm going to go get something to eat, and I'll be back. He said they hopped on the plane, went back to the hood, and he said his brother was mad at him. He's like, man, why you turn that deal down? And this is exactly what he said. He was like, 
Say, if that white man gonna give me a million dollars, what you think I'm worth? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, a lot of times, man, if somebody get that kind of money up front, it's like that's, it's hard to turn it down because like, man, we never seen that type of money before in our life. They are looking for a return of investment, ROI. It is like flipping money, man. If if I can put two million dollars right here for two years and I can make 10 million and the artists don't know. Man, you know, like I mean, but that's but that's how they do it. That's how they view it. You know what I mean? And like I said, man, it's because it's hip hop, and it's because it's 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 music in general, man. I just feel like I just feel like the world takes advantage of people who don't know any better or mm-hmm. who don't who don't want to learn any better. So you know, ignorance is bliss. But I feel like a lot of times when it comes to like hip hop, especially especially hip hop, man, they take advantage of these young men because they don't know any better or because they think you know. I'm famous. You know what I mean? They yeah, blow up yeah. all their names. And I, I don't want to pick on them, but I remember watching a, a Breakfast Club interview and uh, Blueface was on there. And his manager came on there. Mm-hmm. And and they was asking him, they was asking Blueface that he know about his deal. He was just sitting there like, yeah, he didn't really know. And then his manager came on there and said, we take 20% of what the artists make or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have no manager, but 20% sound first, high. First off, that's sound like a lot. That's insane. If Blueface knew better, he would know that uh, 15%, 15% is what most managers ask for in the beginning. 20% is something you need to be like, bro. You said 20%. No, tell me. That's, that's, that's insane. It's like, man, that's why, was, that's why I was like, I don't know if, if it's just hip hop that does that or it's just like the overall music industry. Well, they, it's like basically it seems like your first deal, you get it's robbed. Bad. Like you don't even know. Megan, Megan on. the Stallion is in a, in a bad deal. Okay, check this out. Megan is signed, and she knows this, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know why she signed with Rock Nation as management. Megan is under three hundred. Three hundred is under. No, she's under fifteen. Fifteen hundred and one or whatever it is. One five zero one, whatever the label is. Then that's under three hundred. After that is Rock Nation. After that, you got Megan. So you mean to tell me you just gotta go through three people and she the hottest independent, well, she the hottest female rapper out mm-hmm. right now. And she and it's three people that still got their hands in her bag before she's that, that, that's another thing. I, I don't is it worth is it worth signing a deal with just staying independent now? Because I feel like social media, if you got social media behind you, that's that's basically your hype machine now. Like yeah. that's what you can use to like like the baby before the baby signed, like back to the baby, like before he signed, like he was going on, oh, yeah, yeah. on social but media. The baby was signed to Rock Nation. So I he heard he was he was trying to work out a deal with somebody and it fell through. Throw the rock in the air like I'm Jay-Z. Got a block on me now, I still do it. He was signed to, he was signed mm. to Rock Nation. You know what I mean? Like he, he was signed to him. It's just like the Migos, the Migos were signed, but they were still saying we ended. Chance is the only person that I know, and you know, like Joe Budden got mad because he was like, "How does like you know Joe gets mad?" And he mm-hmm. was like, "How the highest Chance independent, and he got this deal with Apple to where Apple gave him this money or Apple featured him." First off, Chance is one of the cleanest rappers that you're gonna find. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Second, Chance can rap. Chance has good music. If Chance is independent, there is no reason why Apple Music would say, hey, we're going to go and give your money to four other people before we give it to you. That's right. not how it works. So they were probably like, we, we like what you're doing. It kind of reminds us of us, and we're going to give you some money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So, you know, that's how it goes. Let's change gears a, a little bit again. We're going to get out of here shortly. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, how, how do you feel about, and I'm going to ask this again when we get to the round table. So far, I mean, the year's almost over now, but 
the year the year of hip hop this year, how do you feel like it was? Um, as far as like overall, I feel like it was a real good year, man. Um, not gonna lie, man. Well, as far as music goes, man, I've been listening to R and B like summer and uh and, yeah, and R Linux. I love R. I gotta listen to R I haven't heard of man, some walk was dope. Uh I seen R live, man. R is just she just got good energy. But um as far as like hip hop goes, I feel like Ross had a good one. Mm-hmm. Um it's a few others I know I'm I'm missing right now. I got Ross in my top five. Uh, yeah. Tyler the Creator, man. I know I've talked to you about it. I know you yeah. said it. Uh, but he, Tyler, was, he was hit and miss with me, man. Yeah. Like, some yeah. of his records, I like some of Earthquake. Earthquake. Dope. Wow. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It but was so some of, yeah. yeah. But some of it was kind of hit and miss with me, though. Exactly. But yeah, it, I mean, overall, this was a good year, man. It was To me, it was a good year. But then, um, for me, I'm, I'm, so I'm, gonna t- I'm actually breaking it up now. And then, um, it, was, it was a good year. But then, to me, Nipsey... Kind of like changed the whole year for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when, when I heard up, when I found out about Nipsey passing away, man, it still it still has me down now. Like it, I never been affected more by an artist, it any celebrity. Yeah, it, it just felt so it just felt so wrong, yeah. man. It, because it is wrong, but it was just like when Nipsey when Nipsey passed away, man. Like it hurt a lot of people. It hurt me. Yeah. And uh, to me, hip hop words are really the same. Nah. I mean, of course, we still got some some dope albums this year, but yeah. I, I just feel like when Nipsey passed, like it forced a lot of artists to kind of like put things on hold, put yeah. things in perspective. Yeah. But it was just like to me, it still just felt like it was a dark cloud. Yeah, man, that hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, like to be honest, like Nipsey was one of those things. Like you remember where you were when it happened. Like mm-hmm. I remember, like, I woke up and people were texting me like, "Bro." You know, they we talking like that's the homie. You know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. But at the same time, it's like man, Victory Love was was one of those albums where it's like man, this album's gonna take not even hip hop, West Coast hip hop to mm-hmm. another level. Like, it, it felt good, and it felt like you know that it's not gonna be anybody else that's gonna make that type of music. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I still know. feel like it's the best album. Like yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. to me, I, I I listen to Victory Love yeah. all, all the time. time. Yeah, all the time. Big Crit had a good album too. Yeah, he I, did. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. Big Crit had a really, really, really good yeah. album. And I, I was, it just I don't know, man. It just that that they really just it hurt me. Like I knew him personally, yeah. some, but I, I just kind of like I like the way he carried himself and like how he tried to put his people on and, mm. and how he was about like ownership and stuff. So he really was. Probably like one of the main people that I I really pay attention to. Like I still watch some of his interviews now. I watched one yesterday where he was on Rap Radar, man, and he was just nah, he was gonna put you on game all like, the time. a lot of stuff. Business, man. yeah. He was just business savvy, man. And he was smart and how he just put people on, man. So I just feel like this year it just it was just one the same after after Nipsey died. Hey, and that was so early, early in the year. I remember I was actually um he actually died on my dad's birthday. Uh, it was that Sunday, and I actually had took a nap. And when I woke up, I just I happened to look on Twitter, and it just said, "Rest in peace, Nipsey." I was mm-hmm. like, "Come on, man, this, yeah. this can't be real." Yeah. So I called my homeboy Calvin. I was like, "Man, you seen this about Nipsey?" He's like, "Yeah, man, somebody shot him, killed him." I was like, "Man, yeah. that, that that bothered me so bad, man. Like it, it still hurt me, man. Because I mean, I was like really like the way this was moving, and then like." I wish I would have watched the video. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, I, stuff, I was man. just about to like, say that. It, just, it I was the wrong way, man. I, I woke up. It was probably like 10 o'clock at night when I seen all that. I was like, man, this can't be real, man. And I feel like with Rats in the Middle, when he put that song out, man, it felt like he was about to take it to another level. Like, yeah. I remember when I heard Rats in the Middle, I was like, bro, 
What is it was this? All, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, and it was him and Roddy Rich, and I'm like, okay, you know, it was just so many things, man. Like that whole video, like, you know, he in the video with his grandma, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's all type of stuff that it's like, even the song that he got with Khaled, I don't know if that man knew he was about to die, but it was like the, the video, yes, yeah. man. It gave it me was, tears, man, because it seemed like yeah. he knew, like yeah. he it felt like he knew his time was coming. I, I don't think he wanted to die, of course. Yeah. But it was just like they had to edit the video yeah. because the way it was, man, it was just like too. It looked, it looked yeah, it was just like a, a, a perfect send off <laughs> yeah. or something, man. And I was telling uh, Calvin, man, I was like, man, you just look at the name of his album, Victory Lap. Yeah, yeah. It's like your last go around, yeah. right? So it, all this stuff, man, it, kind of, it gives me chills, but it's like, man. And then if you listen to Blue Laces too, it sounds like he's talking about himself. And even even in Blue Laces too, and uh. And then rats in the middle when he was like, "How you, how you died at Yeah, how you died at thirty something after making all these years? Yeah, come on, man. You know what I mean? He's talking about his homeboy. Yeah, but it sound like it sound like you know he's talking about him. You know what I mean? That's crazy. But at the same time, as an artist, like when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, man, where could you go mentally that would make you write something like that? Oh, how how down? Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of times they hear artists make not even sad songs, but just Songs that that deal with bad situations, and yeah. they're like, man, that's one of my favorite records. But your favorite artist was the fresh, right? Yeah. You know, what I mean? stuff. Like, and he actually, in that interview, watch man, they actually um talked about his homeboy that had passed. Mm-hmm. And he he got he got emotional mm-hmm. talking about it, man. And it was like towards the end of the interview, or whatever. He got emotional talking about it, man. Mm-hmm. It was just like so you could tell that it really it really bothered him, man. But yeah. I still I still listen to to Big Lab. I like. Crenshaw was a classic, man, and Mailbox Money, like all of this, everything, man. It's just like he affected, he affected so many people, man, and touched so many people. Like I just like, man, that that's the one thing, man. I just like to me, just put a dark cloud overall yeah. on on, on hip hop, man. And it's man, it's it's one more thing out that I want to point out about Nipsey. Nipsey had a smart store, and I'm sure you, you mm-hmm. noticed that. Yeah. yeah, but if you had a shirt that had the marathon continues on it, and somebody was walking up, and they just put their phone, phone to your yeah. shirt. His video play, how like, bro, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I would, I would have never thought of that. You know what exactly. I mean. So I was like, he was just so he- uh, far ahead of his time, man. And it's still two record that I have a hard time listening to now because it, 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 uh, it made me want to cry, man. <laughs> it, it, it was uh. One of my favorite records I victory lap was the record with Marsha Ambrosius, oh, yeah, real yeah. big yeah. that record, and uh, and it was on uh, Mailbox Money. It was mm-hmm. that's how I knew, mm-hmm. and like it, towards the end, of, that's how I knew he was just talking about how the, the time that we in one of the best times, man. You gonna see like a lot of these big companies crumbling and these little small companies rising. Right. And, yep. Like he was just talking about all the stuff, and he was saying how he knew he was different from from everybody else, man. So I was like, man, because he saw it. Yeah, it's like man, it's a vision. <laughs> it's like. Man, we'll never get another Nipsey again, man. Like we'll never see nothing like that. So he definitely was one of the people that inspired me, man. Cause I was like, man, if I can even do, at least you try to do half of the stuff he's doing, trying to put people on, create yeah. your own opportunity, and push ownership because our people we don't we don't, we don't own anything, man. Like we need to try to own stuff and create our own opportunity for our people, man. Like it's something we need to push more. And he was all for it, man. So that's. It's so much stuff, like, as far as, like, being, like, an entrepreneur, man, like, I learned from him, and I learned from other people, just, like, like you said about owning stuff, because, man, 
I mean, like, it's certain things. Man, the music business is so dirty. Say all three of us go in the studio right now, and I pay for the session, right? Mm-hmm. I own the masters, but you don't know that. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So I own everything we did because I paid you for paid it. For you it. know what I mean? So that's why certain labels, when when an artist get in a deal, the label be like, hey, man, you know, you might be like, hey, I want to go record at Speed Life or Patchwork. And they're like, nah, go record down the street because that's, well, that's what we paying. And then you go, and it might be dope. It might be a vibe, but now they own your music. Mm. You know, so it, it's dirty, man. It, it, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. But yeah. when you know, you know. It's like you got to know um, it's a line between friends and it business. Yeah. I remember it was a guy. I think his name was LV. It was it's something that came up on YouTube called Rules to This Bleak. Mm-hmm. And uh he was like one day he was talking to Diddy. And Diddy, I think he produced a record or something. Diddy like, yo man, won't you go ahead and uh sign this deal for me? He was like, and he was like, wait a minute. So you mean tell me if I sign this, you own all the stuff? Yeah, he's like, no, nah, I ain't about to do that. And then he said, right after they did, it was like, so we're about to go to the club, man. You want to go? Yeah, he's like, that let you know right then and there it's a line between friends and business. Yeah. Like you can't you can't get it mixed up. Diddy used to sign people and then charge them two hundred thousand for him being in their videos. It's crazy. <laughs> like remember they, they they were saying it was a story with, with uh the locks or something where they were signed to Diddy and they got into it was something something I I, I heard they were talking about on um one of the interviews with the locks. They I think they were signed to bad boy or something yeah. and they wanted to get out of their deal or something. And they got into it with Diddy or something. But I was like, man, it's crazy how these deals, like artists, just sign, sign stuff, but they, yeah, don't, they, don't, they don't know what they're doing. They just yeah. take the money and run away. But let's, let's get ready to wrap it up. Before we got here, I got like five questions. I put together something um, different in this interview. Okay. And it's, it's no right or wrong. It's just your personal opinion. And we talked about Summer Walker earlier. So I'm going to give you some options. Summer Walker album, Over It, or Scissor Control? Ooh. Control. I can man, listen, but but it's, it's, only because, it's only because I sat with control for maybe two to three years, but I know every word from control as a man. Control. You know what I mean? So it's like uh it, it's tough. Yeah, that's a man. tough one, man. Yeah, that's I don't know. I gotta be honest, I didn't know who Summer Walker was before I heard on Ross album. That was the first time I ever heard of her. But then when she came out with her album, I was like, man, over it. It's yeah, it, it's dope, man. I don't know about that one. I might over it is really good. It is like, like, I might listen to Over it when I leave today. Like, so I mean, so which one? You, which one you got? Over it or Control? Control. I go. I go. I probably go with. But it's only one song on Control that I skip. This uh, song, uh, I think it's Prom. I can't stand that. Oh, song. the little, the little upbeat yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could kill yeah, that. One, all right. You know what I mean? But outside of that one, I'm yeah, like, yeah, right. I think I might go with Control. <laughs> all right, I came up with this. Um, like if I was an artist, which I'm not, I said if I needed a hook for these a record, I would come up with. I would either reach out to John Legend, Marsha Ambrosius, CeeLo Green, or Chris Brown. You can only pick one. You gotta take one of those. It depends if you need a hit or what, like what you, you just got. If you just want a record and you need one of them on the hook, if you need a hit, you gotta call Breezy. But I feel like if you, uh, I feel like if you, I feel like I could make a whole project with CeeLo, mm-hmm. like because. Because of how soulful he is and how different he is. And CeeLo could, you know, he could mix it up, you know. And Marsha. Marsha, you can throw her. Yeah, tell me, man, when she, she got on Nipsey record. Yeah. Man. Marsha wrote Butterflies, man. She wrote Butterflies with Michael Jackson. So, I never, like, see, her pen game is strong. But, I mean, it just depends. Like, we we talking about hits. 
Breezy. You take Chris Brown. Yeah. Best rap out of these. Kendrick, Cole, Drake, Big Sean, and Saha the Prince. Nah. Uh, best rapper? Yeah. The best rapper out of that really is Saha. I agree. Like, I, I, I mean, Saha, he has his wordplay, man. He's some of the best lyrics I heard. Yeah, yeah. Kendrick. Kendrick, Kendrick hard. Dope, too, yeah. yeah. But we talking about like, like technique, Saha. Saha? Yeah. All right. Two more. TM 101 or Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> man. Come on, man. Okay, so I'm going to put it this way. I'm going to have to go with Jeezy. And, and, and one-on-one and, was hard. One-on-one on one was so hard. Get Rich or Die Trying is really hard, too. But but I remember being in high school, and I remember the impact Jeezy had. That's why I, I, I remember the You wore that shirt in yeah, school? Yeah. You going home. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that was definitely going to see you home if you wore that shirt. Yeah. That the impact of that project and it was certain lines, man. Like I used to hit kitchen lights, cockroaches everywhere. Yeah, you know, not hitting kitchen lights now. Marble floors everywhere. It's like certain things that just in fifty. Give us a dot trial was hard, though, man. Uh, when it came out, I, I I think Jeezy had a, a bigger impact on the culture with one on one. Yeah, yeah, man. Sure. It was like you said, the snowman T-shirt, man. Yeah, all of that. I don't know. That's hard. Yeah. Get Richard Die Trying was a classic, though, man. Yeah, Get Richard Die Trying is a classic hip hop album. That was one of the best debut albums I heard, man. Yeah, me too. Same here. Um, I, I feel like Kendrick got the best debut album I ever heard. Really? Like, out of anybody, yeah. Mm. Good Kid, Mad City. Like, I remember I bought that hard. album and uh, Dreams and Night, man. I told you this last time. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to me, but I bought both of those projects on October 22, 2012. And I remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember putting in me and I skipped like five songs. I put in Kendra album and the album got to the end before I was like, bro. Yeah. Whoa. You know what I mean? So Ain't it crazy how we don't even have CDs now though? Yeah. Just from that time yeah. span to now. That was just seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah, man. Show you how the past time changed. Yeah, man. So which one you had? You had one or one? Yeah, I'll go one on one. All right. Hang out. I'm gonna skip it. It's the question for you anyway. <laughs> All right, this is the last one. <laughs> Blueprint or Illmatic? Oh man, it's hard. I'm, I gotta go with Blueprint. Um, I like it. I love Illmatic. I named my son Illmatic after it. Classic. You know what I mean? Like my son is named after that man. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like with with Blueprint, I remember man. Prime example, Blueprint came out September 11, 2001. I remember I was a kid, but it was yeah. like I remember that album came out, and I remember how how much he made it a deal because it came out on September 11. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I remember certain things, you know, I remember listening to it and him saying, um, I can sell, I can sell salt to a snail. I'm a hustler, baby. I can sell water to a well. You know what I mean? And I was like, bro, you know what I mean? Like, it's certain things that Jay-Z said on that, on that, on that project that molded me or made me want to be a rapper. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. Two classics, man. Yeah, Two man. Classics. Matter of fact, I got an idea of something else we're gonna we're gonna work on as well. I just right. thought about it. But uh that, that was the last one, the blueprint or the Elmatic question. But, all right, getting back to you real quick before we get out of here. Okay. Do you have an idea of when you wanna I know you, this one just came out, but do you still have an idea of when you wanna drop Dizzle season three? Uh February or March. February. I, I really wanna do it before uh, South by Southwest. I wanna go to South by Southwest. And I want to have a full steam. This is my mind. Look, this is where I'm at right now. I want to have a full mind, have a full steam behind this season two, three to four videos out, and boom, hit me with another one. So, you know what I mean? 
after the fourth one, I'm stopping. So it's, I mean, I'm gonna do four because it's on the fourth season. You know what I mean? Right. But I wanted to bring a different feeling to each one. So just like the night and Leslie for real came back to back, and then you got two times. I feel like the first three songs is is one of his own in the project, and the last three is one of his own. Like it's two different separate moves. You know what I mean? Right. So I want to continue doing that. So the third one should be out by now. But biggest lesson you learned this year, and that's it. Um, biggest lesson I learned this year: don't quit, man. You know, it's a lot of people that, that stop or they give up. Or matter of fact, don't quit and be and be consistent. I, mm-hmm. I know that's one and the same, but man, when you're consistent, it doesn't matter. Somebody be like, man, I'm tired of seeing you post your music. Okay, you tired, but I don't care because you only one person. You know exactly. what I mean? But you gotta always be consistent. Always have that content. If you if you go and, and do a show or you do a podcast, make micro content out of it. Have behind the scenes. Whatever it is, I always have content. I always be consistent and never stop. Absolutely, man. Like I was telling you, man, you like you saying, like people might get tired of seeing, but you never know who's watching. Like I'll tell you, before we shot this interview, I had somebody reach out to me last week, guy I never even knew, mm-hmm. and he was just asking me like, "Yo, how do you start a podcast?" I'm like, "Man, basically, man, you just take your phone, anything, and just start, man. Like it's not going. Don't expect it to go how you think it's going to go in the beginning, but man, you just got to start." And he was just telling me, which I appreciate. He's like, yo, man, I remember watching your interview. You grabbed my attention when you did the interview with Trevor Booker. Yeah. And you know, that was uh, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So he said he's seen me since then. And I was like, man, I appreciate that because they let me know, like, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Like, I'm still going. I was like, man, I, I never even knew this dude. And he asking me, like, how do you get started with a podcast? So I was like, man. And I, and I don't mind sharing that stuff, man. Like, I'm not one of those people, man. I'm just going to charge You can't die it. with it. You can't die with it. Yeah, die. exactly, you know man. I mean? Like, so. it's anything. Like, basically, you can use, take your phone, anything. I would tell anybody, whatever you're doing, just get started. Yeah. Like, because I was like, man, people always say, man, well, you got to start from somewhere. But how can you start from somewhere if you yeah. never even start? Yeah. Like, you got to you got to do something. Make it if you never even try. Yeah, <laughs> you, like, man, I mean? you got to yeah. do something, man. Yeah, I appreciate this stuff, and for anybody watching, man, just whatever you want to do, just get going, and just don't stop, man. Just be consistent, like you were saying. Don't let nobody tell you. Man, I quote I quote rappers all the time. Jay-Z uncle said, Mark, you should tell me I never sell a million records, and I sold a million records like a million times. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, never, ever, like, even his uncle told him that he, he'll never be dope as LL Cool J. I don't even like LL Cool J music. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's, it's all about perception and it's all about being consistent and keep going. No disrespect to LL Cool J. Yeah, Jay Z is, is an icon, man. Yeah, One of the sure. biggest figures that we we have nowadays. And man, like I was saying, you remember when we first did this? The first interview, you were the first video interview that we did with actual video footage. We didn't even I didn't even have this. I wasn't using my cameras. The only yeah. thing I had was the laptop, man. Yeah. I was just recording, man. Like, and as you go along. You just gonna figure stuff out, just do it, do different things, man, and make adjustments. And, and it's still not perfect now, but like, man, I didn't even pay attention to like putting on all these multiple platforms yeah. like a SoundCloud or iTunes or iHeartRadio and all this stuff, man. But I was just like, man, I'm just going, staying consistent. And then I just figure stuff out all, along as I go, man. And I'm still learning now. Yeah, yeah. But like I'm saying, man, you just gotta you live, you learn. You really learn, stay consistent. But Troop, I appreciate you again, man. Before we get out of here, tell everybody your social media. All right, man. All right. You fine. can follow me at Troop SC, T R O O P S C on everything. That's Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media you got, man. Um, follow me on that. Uh, get my music on Apple Music, Title, uh, Spotify, 
uh, Google Play, uh, Deezer for all my European people. I just found out about Deezer. Deezer is big overseas. Uh, so I'm on Deezer. I'm on Napster. Whatever you got, I'm on it. This is season two. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Thank you, Miss Charlene from Charlene's Home Cooking. Thank you to Marcus Burnett for SUV TV. So if you want to watch any of the best high school basketball right now that's getting ready to tip off, make sure you check them out. Um, and it's black owned as well. So, of course, definitely make sure we support all our people, but especially the ones who are trying to do something positive and uh, create great content for our people. So until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is Cross Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.